Welcome to Basic Doctrine of the Bible. The teaching series within this podcast is a part of the Basic Discipleship Program. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Our hope is that this material will encourage you to have a great appreciation and respect for God's Word. Now, let's join today's lesson. Hello and welcome to this session of Basic Doctrine of the Bible. And in this Basic Discipleship series, uh, we are seeking to share information about God's Word. In particular, what God's Word is like and then how we got God's Word, how we got the Bible. So we're in the second part of the series. In the first part, we talked about uh, qualities of God's Word. God's Word is inspired, it is inerrant, it is authoritative, it is sufficient. And here in this half of the series, we're talking about how we got God's Word. So last week, we talked about this first step in uh, the delivery of God's Word to us. We talked about how the Bible was written. This week, we want in this session, we want to talk about how the Bible was preserved, how it was kept for us. Now, let's remember the great nature of God's Word. Uh, as we start, let's remember um, you know, that the book is indeed a, the Bible, excuse me, is a book unlike any other book. Uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau said this, Pursue the books of philosophers with all their pomp and diction. How meager, how contemptible are they when compared with the scriptures? The majesty of the scriptures strikes me with admiration. And would to God that all of us as believers would have such a high regard for scripture. Would to God that we would each cherish God's word, make it a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and allow it to be a means of grace, drawing us closer to the Lord. Now, I, I hope in this, in this session to give us some information so that our minds will be equipped with God's truth, some information about how we got the Bible, in particular, how it was preserved. And this is a biblical doctrine. Luke 16, 17, Jesus spoke about the Bible, about the Word of God, saying it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter in the law to drop out. Notice what Jesus is saying here. God has safeguarded Scripture. He has guaranteed that the words that come from His mouth will be kept and preserved for us forever and ever. Jesus says that the heaven and the earth, that, that cr the creative order will be destroyed before his words would collapse. And so what he has given us in the Bible is guaranteed to last, remain, and endure forever. Isaiah, in his prophecy, spoke of this reality concerning the word of God as well. Isaiah 55, verse 11, the, prof, the prophet said this, and this is quoted in the New Testament. Um, the, the word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what, in what I send it to do. Um, so the prophets also speak about the grass withers, 
Um, we'll get to that in a minute. The flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Here we see Isaiah uh, emphasizing a similar truth that, that the words of the Lord will never return void or empty. They will last and they will endure. Here, here's a great statement about God's word and the promise of preservation. One has explained, we cannot readily believe that God, who dictated and inspired each and every word to these inspired men, speaking of prophets and apostles, would not take care of their entire preservation. If men use the utmost care diligently to preserve their words when they write, in order that it, their words may not be corrupted, how much more would God take care of his word? It seems illogical. I mean, it seems illogical that God would not take care to preserve his word for us if he did inspire it for us. On top of that logic, we know this, the Bible flatly, plainly teaches us that the Lord will indeed preserve his word. Now, let me talk about this doctrine of preservation under six concepts or, or by six concepts. Number one, let's consider the promise of preservation, the promise of preservation. And we do see this in Isaiah 40, verse eight. I referenced it earlier, got ahead of myself. But there Isaiah said, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. Know this, and I quoted Jesus earlier, Luke 16, 17. He said something similar. I believe it's in Matthew 23. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Here the Bible says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God, it remains forever. And that is quoted by Peter in the New Testament. Uh, just see this basic Bible promise. God has promised to give us his word, and he has promised it will never pass away. Uh, the French philosopher Voltaire once said this, 100 years from my day, there will not be a Bible in the earth except one that is looked upon by an antiquarian curiosity seeker. Uh, Voltaire, Voltaire, a humanist, proudly proclaimed that uh, one day we will be free of the Bible and there will be no Bibles left on the earth. Interestingly, if you study history, Voltaire's own residence was eventually used after his passing as a place for printing and distributing the Bible. And that historical witness stands as a verification of God's truth. The Lord, though men may rage against God's word, the Lord has promised that his word will endure forever. So we can think of the promise of preservation. Secondly, we can think of Bible witness of copying. Bible witness of copying. By this we see that in Scripture we see evidence that the people of God, after Scripture was recorded, took great care in copying the Word of God, keeping it, and preserving it for us. Many may scoff at the Bible. Many may doubt that it is accurate, but we see God's promise that he would preserve his word. And then as we study scripture, we see that humans and that the people of God took utmost care in making sure that this book was handed down to us, that it was preserved for us. So I wrote this on numerous occasions. 
in Scripture, we see reference to Bible authors receiving communication from the Lord and then disseminating those communication to others. Scripture details how the Lord gave Moses written copies of the law, Exodus 31, 18, Exodus 34, 1-3. Deuteronomy tells us of the way in which the ancient Hebrews made copies of God's Word, crafting different types of writing to be used as accessory in their wardrobes, Deuteronomy 6, 8, and to be used as interior decorations in their home, Deuteronomy 6, 9. So we see the people of God early on writing, recording, duplicating, copying the Word of God. Jeremiah details his efforts at making copies of his scrolls, Jeremiah 36, 1 through 32. Such records reveal that the Old Testament saints were faithful to safeguard Scripture. They held it in high regard, and they wanted to keep copies of it available for God's people to look upon the words of God. In the New Testament, Paul made explicit mention of his labor in dictating Holy Writ. You could read Galatians 6.11, Colossians 4.18, and 2 Thessalonians 3.17. He also encouraged churches, Colossians 4.16, to publicly distribute his writings. So we know that after God's word was initially given, revealed, and written, then the people of God took care in copying, preserving, and keeping the Word of God so that people would have it available without error for usage. So we can think of the Bible promise of preservation. We can think of the Bible witness or record regarding copying. We can, number three, think about the copying method of ancient Hebrews. Now remember this, Christianity is a Jewish religion. Both the Old Testament and New Testament are really based on Judaism. And those folks who were used in the initial revelation of Scripture and the copying of Scripture operated by a Jewish perspective concerning revelation and the Word of God. As a result... As the word of God was copied and preserved for use amongst the God of people, for use amongst God's people, utmost care was taken in making sure that the Bible was recorded and preserved without error. One has said, scribes made meticulous notes regarding the text, from regard, recording the number of letters used in a book to indicating the middle letter of the book. So, so I, I share that citation with you to say, as, as in the Hebrew mindset, as people copied scripture, they were very meticulous. They were very detailed. They were almost maniacal in their obsession to copy the word of God in a way that would guard it from errors, to copy the word of God in a way that would keep it safe for future generations to read. Historians say they, these copyists also made careful notations along the sides of the Hebrew text in multiple other volumes concerning the reading and pointing of these texts. I share that citation with you to say to show that those who copied the Word of God were of Jewish background, and according to Jewish culture and custom, 
There was utmost care in keeping the word of God safe. So we can think of the promise of preservation. We can think of Bible witness of copying. We can think of the copying methods of Hebrews. What else do we need to know about preservation? Well, fourth, we could think about historical finds. Historical finds. We have, over the years, had the privilege of finding many manuscripts, copies of ancient sacred writings, scrolls of books of the Bible. And these findings have been used to back up Scripture, to prove that Uh, the copying methods used by scribes in the early church were effective, Uh, that the Word of God was kept through providential means. The Word of God was kept safe for us. One example would be in 1947, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. What was significant about the Dead Sea Scrolls was this. When, when scrolls were found of, for example, the book of Isaiah, the scrolls that were found were, were, were separated by um, many, many years uh, from the scrolls that had previously been found. And, and what was discovered as scrolls were compared to one another. They were hundreds of years apart in age. And when they were compared to one another, it was observed that they were nearly identical. There were not any major changes to doctrines or content within those scrolls. And and so we learned this from that discovery. There was indeed this process of preservation. The Lord providentially, supernaturally kept scripture from harm. He used the copying techniques of the ancient Hebrews to preserve scripture for us. In Jesus' words, Matthew 24, 35, indeed are true. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. There's another concept we can look at related to the doctrine of preservation. I've spoken of four. Let's consider a fifth. That would be the prevalence of manuscripts. Know this, when you hold uh, the book called the Bible in your hand, there are a plethora, thousands of handwritten manuscripts that back up this book. In other words, copyists in the past made so many copies of the books of the New Testament and of the Hebrew Scriptures that that we have good, objective, verifiable evidence uh, to back the Bible. Uh, Consider this. To date, we have around 57 handwritten Greek manuscripts available for our observation. This number is staggering when compared to the number of ancient copies for other popular works of antiquity. For example, seven manuscripts of Plato's writings are available. Compare that to the fact that there are 5,700 Greek manuscripts for the New Testament. There are 10 documents backing Caesar's work. Homer, a must-read author in most Western world literature classes, has only 643 manuscripts available for consumption. But again, the New Testament has 5,700 handwritten handwritten Greek manuscripts available. 
What does this teach us? The Bible was copied over and over and over and over again. And it was copied with precision. When you compare all of those Greek manuscripts, you see only slight variations. That sheer number, the volume of manuscripts, proves that the Bible is a significant work unlike any other work. That volume, that number of manuscripts proves that there was a providential work in place to preserve Scripture for us. If high schools and universities in the United States can hold Homer in high regard, certainly the people of God should hold the Bible in high regard and recognize that God did something supernatural in history. He worked to preserve this book for us. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 18, Truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. He's echoing what we saw in Luke's gospel and even what he would say later in Matthew chapter 24. Hear Jesus and what he says. Jesus indicated that this book would be kept safely for us and preserved for us. We can trust and have confidence in the Bible. So that brings me to my last truth, and that is last concept, uh, confidence in Scripture. Because of this work called preservation, we can have confidence in the Word of God. Balsamer Hugmeyer said that truth is immortal. Some have translated his statement by saying, truth is unkillable. And that is truth. That is reality. Our God is a God who deals in truth. He is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Jesus has given us the truth, given us his truth through the word of God. A lot of people in our society, in our culture, 21st century world are like Pilate of old asking, what is truth? But we know this, Jesus is truth and he gives truth and he's promised to preserve truth for us. And his truth is immortal. It is unkillable. Therefore, we can base our lives on it. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 89, Lord, your word is forever. It is firmly fixed in heaven. Know this, from eternity past, Jesus has, had the, has been the word of God and his word has been in place, intact for us. The Bible, the truth of the Bible has existed since before the world was created. Your word is forever. It is firmly fixed in heaven. Your faithfulness is for all genera- generations. You established the earth and it stands firm. Your judgment, the word of God, stand firm today for all things are your servants. If your instruction had not been my delight, I would have died in my afflictions. I will never forget your precepts for you have given me life through them. I am yours. Save me for I have studied your precepts. The wicked hope to destroy me, but I contemplate your decrees. I've seen a limit to all perfection, but your command, the word of God, is without limit. So notice the heart of the psalmist. He knew that the word of God will exist forever. It's preserved. Therefore, he took great delight in it, and he had confidence in it. And may these truths about preservation lead us to have a similar perspective. 
know that when you hold the Bible, you have got an eternal book in your hand. The Lord had these thoughts in his mind. They were decreed in heaven before he said, let there be light. And he inspired prophets and apostles to record these words. And he promised, Jesus did, that they would be preserved forever. And he providentially orchestrated Hebrew copying methods and techniques to keep the Word of God preserved for us. And now we have a Bible in our hands, and it is the Word of the living God, and it has been preserved for our own edification, enlightenment, encouragement, and instruction. May we read it daily, cherish it, and make it a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you for joining us today for our lesson on basic doctrine of the Bible. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast or visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this lesson, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.